Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of the Common Sense Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Always a privilege and a pleasure to be with you. And uh, we have a special guest with us here to join us on the show that's Freeing America, One Enslaved Mind at a Time. And uh, we are going to tell you right now, you're going to get some background noise. We're recording outside our normal hours. In fact, right now our guest Sam Arnold, he's speaking to us at 1.30 a.m. in his time zone. And right now I'm at 11.30 at the start of this. This will air uh, the following day. This is the 4th of August, almost the 5th. It's the 5th in, in Sam's time zone. And this will be out. But we're gonna. you may hear some barking dogs. You may hear some other stuff because we're outside our element with things that we can't control at this hour of the day and night. And we're, I'm having technical issues in one of my studios. So ordinarily we'd be doing this away from the sound. But unfortunately the gremlins are, are in. And I have to tell you, um, a lot of us uh, in the alternative media are experiencing major technical issues. And I'm not alone in that. Uh, that's why we have redundant systems. And uh, Sam and I have been trying to get online now for about 20 minutes, and we've got it mastered. Sam and I first uh, covered the forces of war lining up for World War III, and we covered that a few weeks ago, and there's been a whole lot of developments in the interim, and we're going to go through. We are on the precipice of World War III. Sam, I'm glad you're here, but I wish it was under better circumstances. Well, I'd just like to wish you a happy August 6th, which is, of course, the anniversary of nuclear bombardment. So uh, we're going to take a little trip through space and time. Hopefully everyone can uh, leave their normalcy bias behind and we can put ourselves in the shoes of our forebears who fought great battles and who understood when a, a new and unexpected war machine would steam out of port something that happened this very week so we've got a lot to talk about and i hope that the audience can just take a trip with us i think it's the hand of god that we've got an audio only broadcast and maybe the imagination will uh come alive Mm -hmm. to and help everyone to see what's actually taking place all around the world right now yeah I, i i totally agree and i I think it's a blessing we decided to go audio because we'll reach significantly more people. We are on Global Star, KYH, and its affiliates, and now Red State Talk Radio, and it has a wide reach. And So we're not going to have a shortage of audience. We'll probably have the biggest audience we've ever had listen to this broadcast. And ladies and gentlemen, please share this far and wide because preparation is in order right now. So we're hoping you'll take this information and not be paralyzed with fear or dismiss it by, oh, they're just trying to get ratings by scaring everybody. We're not doing that. But we hope that you'll take this as an opportunity for you to prepare. Well, Sam, let's walk back um, and give some contextual history to what you and I have been doing over the past month. And we've been kind of a couple steps ahead of, of basic news reporting on this and going back to the Black Sea. You want to pick it up there? You and I didn't talk about this at all, Dave, but I'd like to just prophesy a little bit to your audience. Okay. Maybe start with a verse. Hear this. This is uh, Psalm 37, and it says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. The news of the day, one of the topics that we're going to address is that there is practice going on in the United States and in Australia of unimproved landing strips of aircraft, military aircraft, using interstate highways, uh, 
dirt roads. And, and we're going to talk about that and why tactically that was important in the uh, nuclear war doctrines of the 1980s. And the fact that that's being, the fact that it is being practiced in our nation and other nations right now should be an indication that war is at the very door. But here's what I, I wanted to spring on you. Well, before you go before further, uh, Sam, before you go further, I have to interject this. I'm an eyewitness to what you're talking about with the improvement of airstrips that they may need. Out in my area, and it's a ways away, um, 8, 10 miles, there's an area called Ox 1, and the F-35s will use this for uh, near-touch-and-go instrument approaches, and they have an ILS out there. And uh, last week, a gentleman who's a friend of mine, neighbor, he saw a bunch of military vehicles go over into the area of Ox 1, and there they had construction equipment. They erected a fence. They had a strong warning, do not trespass. He went over there in his four-wheel drive, and they chased him off like no one's business. They're improving that uh, what was a World War II airstrip. Um, that's really interesting you'd say that. We have witnessed it. And we just did the same thing on the island of Tinian, which is uh, neighbors with Guam. And the, the article said, in the event that Guam gets knocked out, we'll have this other airstrip. So not only did the news go out that we were building that, bam, we built it. And then the uh, Pacific Iron 2021 exercises went in there, and we moved in more F-22s than have ever been part of any drill. 25 operational air superiority fighters, plus cargo planes plus uh, heavy bu heavy bombers both B1 and B2 which you know the B1 is a supersonic they're very very hard to get a hold of and expensive to maintain and so it's happening all over the world and what I wanted to tell you is before I moved out of the country in 2016 I actually had a prophetic dream about a landing on an unimproved airstrip and it has a lot to do with the time it is right now for our for our nation and us having a chance to fight. And so I'd like to share that as we go along with your audience, what I dreamed that it was the worst case possible scenario for Grandpa and his four-engine Warbird as he was completely power off, all four engines were dead. It was the worst case scenario that in the real history of him flying 35 combat missions in the Flying Fortress, he never actually wound up with power off on all four engines but in my dream it happened and worst of all it was night and he was looking for a place to put it down and he put it down in a hay field and all of the nazis were coming to get him it was it was a very very bad situation and perhaps i'll tell you a little bit more as we get on to the to the next juncture but this is where our nation was in 2015 we had had obama after bush our air force was run out of bombs military was so run down Donald Trump said in Des Moines that his generals came to him and said sir we're out of ammunition and he lamented he said no president should ever have to hear that and so he had to mobilize the entire nation and put factories back online because we were out of bombs we were out of cannon shells you know, for aircraft cannons things like the A-10 and so uh, he finally said now we have so much at ammunition that we don't know what to do with it all so there was a process of bringing our nation back to where we have a chance to fight and 
there are so many weapon systems that have come online just in the last six, seven months, really during the time that Mr. Trump has been, he said, you may not see me for a while. Well, during the time that he has been playing possum, all these weapon systems have come online. And the news this week is that the USS Carl Vinson steamed out of San Diego port with the men on, on the rails in their, in their white sea uniforms with the very first F-35C fighter squadron on an aircraft carrier. This is this week, right now. It's in the Pacific with fifth-generation air superiority fighters. So that's just the first news, the first weapon system. But yes, as we go around the world, there are so many weapon systems that have come online, so many nations that have joined our alliances and done drills and done exercises together, and then come out and made bold statements that they're going to stand up to China. And I think we just have to put that together with so many bold things that President Trump said in his speech. Now, it's been a couple weeks, but he said so many things. China has to pay, he said. And then he said, we have to fight. We don't have any choice. We have to fight. And I believe that's where we are as a nation. What do you say, yeah. Gabe? Let me throw in some uh, collaborating information for you here. As I told you in our pre-air conversation, A-10 warthogs. And by the way, the, Paul Martin even called me on this today. Paul Preston knows about this. A-10 warthogs and their vertical descent craft, they are landing, practicing landing on highways and rural country roads and one of the reasons you would do that under the continuity of government program is to cordon off cities they would be a second line of defense from roadblocks for people that would break through and also they provide military protection for the roadblocks now the reason you do that in a time of war and eisenhower devised the interstate highway system for this purpose that he wanted to be able to move rapid deployment of military assets using interstate highways. It wasn't built for business convenience or travel convenience for the public. Uh, in 1953, they developed the Continuity of Government program for this purpose, and the plan would be to cordon off the cities. And I submit to you that the same thing is going on in Australia as we speak. They're shutting down the country for six cases of COVID, and they're using the military. And they are preparing, I believe, to be invaded by China and they're going to lock the people down in their homes so they can freely move their military assets without civilian interference by fleeing refugees. Um, there is a second possibility and I don't think this is the case but I want to throw it out there. If we weren't prepping for war, which I'm sure we are, then right now this could be an action by Obama. Uh, excuse me, Obama? That's kind of a I think a true statement here, but by the Biden administration to they're going to do something so horrific to us that they have to cordon us off in a civil war kind of action. Um, I don't think that's it, but it could be. But I but right now the Australians are doing what we're doing with A-10, practicing these vertical landings for for road control. They're using Harrier jets and Harrier jets are similar to the Warthog in that they do vertical landing and takeoff. And uh, this is going on right now as we speak. And there's one other element I want to throw out there. In the continuity of government program, Sam, uh, the dams in California have ADM attachments to them. In other words, they will uh, detonate upon a federal 
uh, emergency such as a land invasion and flood the fields. So no advancing military can come through. And that system starts in southern Oregon with the Kalamath dams and extends down past the Oroville Dam and so forth. Now, if you want to make a case for treason against Biden and his communist Chinese alliance, I believe that the mega drought is to drain the water to keep the fields from being flooded from a Chinese invasion coming across British Columbia into the Northwest. Uh, That's just my hypothesis, but I ran that by Paul Preston today and he said there's more to this than you realize and we're gonna collaborate on that topic tomorrow. But But I do believe the mega drought is playing into our ability to flood fields with automatic dam releases. And that means Biden's playing for the other side. And Sam, I'm going to throw this out to you along these lines. Um, I believe Biden's helping the Chinese. I further believe our military is operating independent of of, uh, Biden. I think so, too. For for the most part, Uh, it seems like Lloyd Austin went to Singapore just because it could not be avoided that there was a global military buildup there. And he was kind of playing piggyback. I don't see him as being at the helm as the Secretary of Defense should be under normal circumstances. And, and this is what we hope for. We, we hope that there are real red-blooded Americans in, at the switch, at the controls, at the helm, and not a bunch of uh, traitors and, and, and woke people and red high heel wearing uh, corrupt soldiers. So I, I just I have to believe in our nation, and do remember this is what the Lord showed me. This is what the Lord showed me that our that our nation had to be rebuilt. It was a very very frightful situation to see the worst case scenario of the Warburg with the power off, all the hydraulics out, nothing working, and then it to be put down in a hay field, and then the then the Nazis came. They came to to bat clean up. And boy, that Nazi SS officer, he looked tough. He was so lean and gaunt. He had his Luger in his hand. He was looking at that smoking warbird. And he was, he was if anybody moved, he was going to put a slug in him. He looked so tough at the moment. But God had another plan. What happened? God had another plan. Well, well don't keep us in suspense. you got to tell us what happened. I, I can see it so clearly. The, the warbird was smoking and creaking, and the propellers were all stopped. And uh, Grandpa was in the pilot's chair, but he was slumped over the controls. And one of his men had been ejected and was on top of the propeller of the number three engine. It basically impaled. So it was a it was a terrible scene. There were pieces of hay, uh, as he had put it down in the hayfield, and sticks. And then the steam was just rising. And that Nazi officer was standing in front of the nose of that plane just waiting for anybody to move or to, or to make a sound. And then there was a sound. There was a bang. <laughs> and that body that was on top of the propeller right outside the right-hand window of the pilot on that number three engine, that body lurched, and it was just a backfire. It was nothing. And then it happened again. And the third time that it happened, the engine actually started, which I'd never heard of anyone starting a 1,200-horsepower right cyclone engine manually, but this man was wounded, and he decided to give his life, taking a chance on starting that one engine. And, I, and then I saw what had happened in the air, and the Luftwaffe had come through with a 30-millimeter 
they had exploding cannon shells and they'd blown out the batteries. Because that engine went out first, the entire power went out to the Warbird and he lost all four engines. But Grandpa knew he was playing possum. He knew that if that engine started up, that that number three engine had the generator on it. And if anybody comes and watches my videos on Gospel Gunslingers on YouTube, they see the Warbird crank up and the pilot says, clear three, and he starts the number three engine. They always start that one first because it's got the generator on it. So I was just looking at this hopeless scene as this, as this Nazi officer had his pistol in his hand ready to kill anybody that moved. And lo and behold, the number three engine started. When they start them on the tarmac, they start them slowly and idle it up to speed. But when that engine started, the body fell off and it went bang, 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 bang. And it throttled up to full throttle just in seconds. And when that happened, when that happened, that Nazi officer lost all of his, uh, he lost all of his cool. Because just in moments, that third engine started, the other outboard engine, the number four engine started and throttled up in seconds to full throttle. And then Grandpa sat up behind the controls and he looked at that guy with the look in his eye of the hardened soldier. And he throttled up those engines and swung the chin guns of that warbird onto that Nazi officer. And he was quite the dream. Quick enough. Yeah, that's quite the dream. He, this, this, it was a prophecy from the Lord. And he just jumped like a cottontail, head first. Dropped his Luger and everything and just jumped head first into the hay and, so he could get away. And then, just quick as a wink... Uh, Grandpa throttled up the number two and number one engine. He had all four engines spinning, turned around in the hayfield, and got it out where he could see what he was doing, and and took off. And you know, Grandpa really liked to have his full thirty-six ships. He really liked to have fighter escort when he had his formation. Then they had two hundred and ninety-eight fifty-caliber guns to take all comers, and he didn't have all of that. But at least he had his fully operational battle station, all four engines, and most of his men on their guns. And they were in the air. They were in the sky, which is where they were made to fly and to fight. This was the, the famous legendary flying fortress. And that's where our nation is today. We finally got our military put back together where we can at least stand and fight. It's far from ideal. It's not a winning situation. And for anyone who studies the Bible in the end times, we know that there are certain very bad things that have to happen. Nevertheless, we have a fully operational battle station. Our nation can stand and fight. We have allies. All these weapon systems have come online. And now, I got to say, it's time. No amount of normalcy bias can make this normal. It is very, very, very odd what is happening right now. Okay. Just one fact. Jump in. Well, I was going to say, okay, interesting, I think, prognostication about the conflicts um, with your vision. Let's, let's go back in time a little bit. Let's review a little bit about the Black Sea and how a task force was eventually formed thousands of miles away off the coast of India and Chinese border supporting 250,000 Indian trips. Let's go through that real quickly. Okay. Uh, 
the Black Sea situation was really, really disturbing for me because I felt like Boris had got his fingers into the into the, the batter. I felt like Biden got his fingers in the batter because Biden is thick as thieves with the corrupt government of Ukraine. The first thing that happened when he took the White House was uh, Ukraine stopped all investigations into Hunter Biden. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the militarization, uh, they started talking about joining NATO. Their militarization against Russia ramped up. It got very serious. And then for these ships to be sent into the Black Sea just to provoke Russia, to me it looked like that was it. Biden and Boris trying to get World War Three started the wrong way against Russia. Hopefully Russia will sit this out. You know, the, the news just came out. Uh, that Russia and China are going to have joint military drills, especially I saw that naval. And this month, in mid-August, that's disturbing for me because I really hope that Russia sits this out. You have intel that there's been skirmishes on the Russia-Chinese border. There are and backroom deals. I I hope that that's the case. What was disturbing about the Black Sea was that a capital ship from the U.S., one from the Netherlands, and one from Britain, they all sailed into the Black Sea just to start crap with Putin. And it was it was a situation that was unwinnable, so they were just going to get sunk. And in the event that that happened, that could have been the, the Pearl Harbor of our age to bring Britain, Europe, and the United States into war against Russia and getting four or five hundred of your young people killed is is a way to do that. And I really didn't want that to happen. We called it out and lo and behold, everybody backed down. I think the queen herself got on the phone. You know, she can call any of these captains and, and tell them this is your sovereign. <laughs> it's her ship. She can tell them. Yeah. Way anchor. Make steam post haste. And we joke about it, but I really think that happened. Well, let me tell you what I know happened between Russia and India. And then I'll give you a theory on why we're seeing joint military games with Russia and China. The Russians told India, if you have to attack China, you won't get any interference from us. And that happened two months ago. I think the only reason the Russians would be going with the Chinese would be to do battlefield assessment. Because let's just assume the worst. China defeats the United States. Okay, they're not going to stop. The globalists are going to use China as the world policeman. They're not going to stop. Then they're going to go after anti-New World Order Putin. And he knows this. He has no reason to align with China. That absolutely makes no sense. Why the Chinese would agree to it is baffling to me. But I think it's gathering military intel on your adversary. That's what I think is behind these games. I hope so, and I hope they're giving China the false confidence. It, and, and and the Russians are just chess players enough to do that, they, to play both sides and to, to uh, dupe them into making a move that they that they can't back up. Yeah. India, by the way, just sent their carrier battle task force you know, India had, has had a carrier for a long time. It's an old Soviet one. It works fine. But the thing is, they've been building a new one. 
guess what the delivery date was? What? July of 2021. Last month. Now, we haven't heard anything about this, but we know that F-18 passed the ski jump test. There's been talks about getting India F-18 fighters for their carrier forces. And so this carrier is somewhere. And this is in between all the news of the weapon systems coming online. There's also where we read between the lines. Like, okay, where's India's brand new carrier that's supposed to be ready last month? Where's it at? Nobody knows. I don't know. But they certainly have sent a carrier task force east through, you know, towards the Straits of Malacca. They've made it clear it's going to the South China Sea. And this just happened in the last two days. Since the Queen Elizabeth had operations, joint interoperability exercises with the Indian Navy. Yeah, there's... um. There's another situation involving China that I want to put on the table here for our discussion. And I reported on this two days ago. Mainstream media, a lieutenant fan of the uh, U.S. Navy, is in the stockade in Jacksonville awaiting trial. And I'm not sure what they're going to charge him with. I think it could be treason. There is new landing craft that's very, very low to the ocean and, it, and almost impossible to pick up on radar. In fact, it is impossible to pick up on radar. And they supposedly have some satellite jamming capabilities as well. But here's the thing that makes this craft um, a very usable for an amphibious landing and of a surprise nature. Uh, this craft can go unlimited range now. It used to be in the old LSTs in World War II would come on these transports and they would dump them into the water and then they would go the short distance to the beach and unload and the troops would run ashore. Well, that's the old model. They want to be able to traverse large segments of the ocean and they have fuel conversion. And this is where this Lieutenant Fan came in. The fuel conversion, you could literally urinate in the engine reserve and you could power the craft. It works on Coca-Cola, it works on water, it works on Petro, and these ships would not have to carry large amounts of fuel to keep going. And they can also rig for silent running with the type of technology. Now this is what was being developed in Jacksonville, and this Lieutenant Fan sold the technology to a Chinese businessman who forwarded it to the CCP. Now this Chinese businessman was just tried and convicted last week and this was the source of the mainstream media story out of Florida. He's He received 45 months uh, on espionage charges. The prosecutors were furious. They wanted 20 years. Now I, uh-huh. I just got this today. Uh, one of my good sources sent me the Chinese are uh, converting low-level ships to power landing craft. They have the fuel and the thinking is Taiwan. But I don't think you can think that narrowly. I think Taiwan and any other target they might have. And uh, so there's espionage involving the movement of Chinese troops, low-level craft, hard to detect, satellite jamming technology, undetectable by radar. And Taiwan, for example, could wake up one morning and they could have a landing force of 20,000 Chinese Marines coming ashore. And, and this is a big development. This is a very, very big deal. And the military people I talk to, Sam, are just waking up to the importance of this. South Korea knows that their survival as a nation, their existence is in the balance. Japan knows. Yeah, they Australia do. Australia knows. 
And aside from all of the infiltrators and communists and government and the, you know, the uh, the same fifth column preparations that have happened here, the plane loads of migrants, the uh, border issues, the same things have happened in Australia, with farms being bought up, mines being bought up by Chinese exactly. interests. Chinese interests having. Huge Sam, I need to have you hold that thought right there. I want to come back to that thought. Don't lose it. But we got a break because okay. we are well overdue. But the importance of the issue, I canceled out the last break, but we got to do something here. So, ladies and gentlemen, and, and the commercials we choose here for our radio network are designed for products that we think you're going to need. And uh, first, first of all, let me just say this. There's an economic collapse coming hyperinflation's in our future. We can't absorb the debt that we have, and the petrodollar's fading because people aren't first buying the dollar in large numbers now to buy oil like they used to. And so we don't have any backing for the dollar to speak of. It's going to collapse. How do you want to come out on the other side? Assuming you get through all the chaos that Sam and I are talking about, if you have cash, you're going to crash. If you have gold and silver and other investments, you'll be fine. In fact, Noble Gold, and that's who I'm going to refer you to, I was just an advertiser for years, and then all of a sudden I said, I need to look into this more, and now I have put my portfolio in their hands, and they'll protect your 401k, they'll protect your IRA, I'm not going to go into the detail, they can do that for you, but if you have assets to protect, this is the call you need to make, 877-646-5347, that's 877-646-5347, and if you don't see what's going on with food coming out of California, if you don't see the treason and treachery going on with the Biden administration with regard to our food supply, the soon-to-be big shortage of truck drivers affecting the just-in-time deliveries. I'm sorry, you're not paying attention. Food is going to be a desperate commodity going forward. It'll be used to control us. You can step out of the way and become independent. MPS has a a great sale right now, 25% off for the four-week emergency package. But see, you say, Dave, I need to buy a year. Yeah, you probably should have two years. But you can buy them in four-week increments and save 25% in the whole order. And what do you get? Restaurant quality. Um, You get 2,000 calories per day. And you get really good tasting food. Preparewithdave.com is where you want to go. Preparewithdave.com. And one last thing here, ladies and gentlemen. If you have food, what comes next? Water. I have 50-gallon drums. That is not enough to get me through a long period of time. I have the water purification tablets. I know how to do this. But I will also tell you this, (laughs) there's going to come a time when we have to scavenge for our water. Swimming pools, creeks, puddles, whatever it would be, water you can't drink. But if you have the Alexa Pure Pro water filter, it's the best in the business, you're going to be in good shape. And I would recommend ordering two because nothing lasts forever. And right now they're 40% off. And when you go to waterwithdave.com, you're going to see comparative research and they're the best in the business. Go to waterwithdave.com. Sorry, Sam, we had to get that back in because I wasn't going to interrupt you. We were on a roll. But let's go back to what you were talking about. Uh, I've already forgotten where I was, but I wanted to talk about the Naval Strike Missile. Yes. You know, this is just one of the brand new toys. It's made to fit in the F-35 internal bay so that the F-35 can operate it can operate with its full stealth capability without, you know, weapons hanging out underneath of it. And then the internal bay can open up and the naval strike missile will come out. So there's different variants of this. You know, mm-hmm. there's a marine variant called the Nemesis. And 
this is one of the reasons that Trump had to make the F-35 fly. We still don't know if it fits in the internal bay of the F-35B, which they, the F-35B is on so many planes and so many different places around the world. It has really gotten populated. I don't know if anybody's noticed, but the minute that the Democrats got in control on Capitol Hill and, and uh, we got old Sleepy Joe in the White House sign, whatever was put in front of him, the, the F-35 program winds up on the chopping block. Everybody's like, this is such a waste of money. we got to get rid of these. Well, you know, maybe when it didn't work, but now that Trump made it work and that we and our allies around the world are running this fifth generation air superiority and stealth fighter, I think we ought to keep the lines open. And that's the first thing that's happening is everybody's like on Capitol Hill. This is a boondoggle. we got to stop it. But they're everywhere. They're in Australia. They're in Japan. They're on the Queen Elizabeth Strike Carrier. They may be on the South Korean Carrier. Any any place that we haven't put them, we put our old AV-8B Harriers. And this is why I, you're getting rumors that the uh, hair practicing unimproved landing strip takeoffs and take takeoffs and landings in Australia because they've got Harriers and they've got two flat deck carriers with ski jumps that can run them. By the way, uh, the the Harrier is a true jump jet. And, you know, it's a 1970 uh, jet. They're not really for an air superiority role. But as far as ground support and putting some payloads on uh, marine units that are embattled and surrounded, they're fantastic at that, and here's the thing. They don't need a real airstrip. It was made for dispersed takeoffs and landings to take off from the woods. A clearing in the woods is all it takes for a Harrier. And now the A-10, the A-10 has the jet engines up high just so that if it's rolling down a gravel landing strip or a dirt strip, the junk doesn't fly up and get in the engines. Now they have to actually have a runway to take off and to land. They don't just float down and float back up like the Harrier and the F-35B do. They do have to have a runway, but it can be a rough, nasty place. They can put down in a field, just like I saw in my vision, and just like uh, Grandpa and his his uh, compatriots had to do. They had to land Switzerland one time when they had two engines out and they put down in an awfully rustic place and, and slept in the belly of the plane. So that's what's happening around the world, at least in the U.S. and Australia, two really key nations if we were going to go head-to-head with China. And uh, I think that this is to repel a Red Dawn assault. That was the doctrine, and Mm -hmm. nobody wants to hear the worst. In fact, uh, it gets to the point of just being unbelievable. But I grew up in the 80s where a mushroom cloud was a a real possibility. We had just enough of a revival to get us out of that peril, and mushroom clouds could go up. And if we lose bases, dispersed takeoff and landing of aircraft like the A-10 and the Harrier is going to be super, super important. I think it's really interesting that our militaries are practicing that. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Um, let me tell so you, that when you say red missile, Sam, when you Marines say red, actually are practicing how they can jump into uh, an island and fortify it with the new naval strike missile. 
they have land-based variants that they can pop out their uh, carriers and you know their their vehicles. They land their vehicles and then pop out the missile bases, and then we can use this Chinese strategy against them of area denial, where we don't allow their ships within hundreds of miles of an island where the U.S. Marines have gone in and set up. Yeah, I I, I, I agree with you completely. But I want to I want to hit on something that you just said. I think that you were talking about the Harriers and uh, the the uh, A-10s. Uh, it's a preparation for um, Red Dawn. You're 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 more right than you realize. Um, there's an event happening here, and I've had this confirmed by uh, the head of the Oath Keepers in Chino Valley, um, by Sheriff uh, John Ma- uh, Richard Mack. And uh, by Paul Preston and uh, a couple of other people that, whose names that people would not know. Uh, the Cochise County Sheriff was responding to a problem. And the problem is this. The cartels cannot grab more land on behalf of the Chinese. And the Chinese can't buy another airstrip-sized land like they did in Texas. It drew too much attention. So what they're doing now is they're going to Arizona ranchers on the Mexican border large ranches and I don't know how many this has happened but I know that's more than one and they are saying we are going to lease your land we'll pay you very well if you resist we'll kill you and your family and uh, they'll be they'll never find your bodies that, that kind of intimidation well one of the ranchers wasn't going to put up with this so they called the uh, Cochise County Sheriff who they knew and he sent his son out who was a deputy sheriff and they got involved in a fight with the cartels in a in a secondary incident and he killed the deputy killed one of the cartel leaders and all, all hell broke loose now that deputy and his family are in hiding and sheriff nelson of Cho- cochise county and this has been like i said confirmed from five different sources three of them i just mentioned that uh, sheriff nelson has had three attempts by the cartels on his life but what they want to do on these ranches is set up forward bases of operation for Red Dawn. And I wanted to throw that in there, Sam, because your instincts on this are right on the money. Yes, and that's been going on for a long, long time as the cartels have gotten more control in the border regions. And let's make it also very clear that the CIA is involved with this, that this powerful warlord, Cabeza de Vaca, who's still in control. He can't leave Tamalipa State. Tell, yeah, but tell, I mean, he tweet, tell the audience who he is first. Let's not jump into him until we identify what he is. Alright. This is Francisco Javier Garcia Cabeza de Vaca. He's the governor of the state called Tamaulipas, which is shaped like an elephant and it's right up against the Rio Grande Valley. So where all these immigrants are coming in, in McAllen, Texas and Hidalgo, all of that is coming from con- territory controlled by this CIA Bushite stooge, the governor of Tamaulipas State. He's been sanctioned by the central government of Mexico. He's been stopped in a lot of ways, but the fact is he's still a free man and he's still in control of a lot of drug cartels and even some police organizations in the state called Tamaulipas. And so the threat of a, of a broad civil war in Mexico with him heading 15 states against Andres Manuel, the the citizen president of Mexico, that danger has passed. But 
everybody everybody wants to know and everybody asks me knowing i'm in mexico sam where are all these people coming from okay you've got a criminal governor who's in charge of all the transnational criminal organizations in that state and that's where they're coming from you've got an, an open rebellion an open rebellion and it's bush money and uh george p bush the texas land commissioner uh, uh wait 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 that's uh Sid Miller, George P. Bush. No, George P. Bush is the Texas Land Commissioner. Mm-hmm. Sid yeah, Miller's is. another guy that right. met with Cabeza de Vaca. So this is this is the rising star of the Bush family. If you read Roger Stone's book, The Bush Crime Family, he revamped it and added an entire new series of chapters about George P. Bush and how he was the rising star, the scion. This is Jeb Bush's boy. Jeb Bush's wife is Hispanic and so George P. Bush plays the Hispanic card this is the guy though that every time the Alamo came under threat every time the cenotaph was going to be moved or changed he's the guy that was always behind it and he's the guy that Cabeza de Vaca met with when he was governor elect so all this money came in from what's called the Merida Initiative to build the police force called the Tamaulipas State Police. And this, I mean, they've got armored vehicles, they've got helicopters. They're cartel, got aren't they? Guns. They're cartel, correct? And, well, the same guy is the cartel boss, is the governor, is the head of the state police. There you go. Okay. And so, yes. So, Dave, everybody, everybody thinks when we talk about Red Dawn and all oh, the cartels have this or that power, they don't imagine it being above board and the whole Tamaulipa State Police being comprised of the crooks from the entire nation of Mexico that peed dirty, that got caught taking bribes, that got caught having sex on duty. And the entire nation, the ones that Andres Manuel, the president of Mexico, got rid of, they all went north to Tamaulipas and joined up with Cabeza de Vaca to be part of his criminal enterprise. And so... The, the cartel control of the border region is involved to the point where this criminal governor and other criminal governors and mayors are involved in protecting the invasion forces. It's not a joke. It's very sophisticated. Yeah, and it's all headed by China. People forget or don't know the Chinese supply these cartels with their drugs, primarily fentanyl, and last year the fentanyl right. deaths in America jumped from 70,000 to 93,000, and most of the deaths are young American males of fighting age. And that's not an accident. And the Chinese control the cartels uh-huh. completely. Yes, they do. So, yes, the border region, the threats to ranchers on the border, that's absolutely true. Uh, the the destabilization, the intentional destabilization, even the water wars. This is something that I've reported on as time's gone on. If, if anybody wants to look into my blog about how this governor started the water wars and tried to stir up trouble with Trump, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. the fact that Trump rejected Cabeza de Vaca and made friends with Andres Manuel and really got a lot done before 2021 and leaving office was absolutely the hand of God. I believe that our Venezuelan intervention was ready to happen, and the, the day that 
Trump, that, that Andres Manuel said, I'm going to leave Mexico. I've been president for 18 months and have not left the nation for any reason. I'm going to leave Mexico and go to Washington and speak with Mr. Trump. I believe Trump immediately put the brakes on the Venezuelan intervention to take a chance at making friends with Andres Manuel. And lo and behold, it happened to the shock of myself and all of Mexico and the world. And Dave, if you ask 10 Americans today, hey, what do you think of uh, Trump's meeting with the Mexican president? Nine out of 10 don't even know the Mexican president came to Washington yeah, I know. because there was a news blackout. There was no way for them to spin it. And I just want to say that there's a little bit of good news in the world as nation after nation is lining up to fight the Chinese, to get the Chinese out of their government, out of their universities, out of their banking, out of their life. And we, we for one time in, in decades, we have a leg to stand on and a chance to fight. Yeah, just we, like we really do. Time. Sam, we got to take our final break here, and uh, this will be a brief one, folks, but I'd be remiss. If I didn't remind you that uh, Noble Gold is where I put my trust, you should too. If you want to come out the other side of these catastrophes more intact than your neighbors, your competition, other people, well, you need to talk to Noble Gold. 877-646-5347, 877-646-5347. And I will tell you, one of my great fears, because I live uh, several miles, uh, 50 miles from Phoenix, actually, um, and my family would be in Phoenix. All hell break loose. The communications would be shut down, and we wouldn't be able to reunite and rally and plan. And plus, also, too, my fear is also not being able to communicate to know what's coming, what's happening. Is there a Chinese column headed our way? I mean, this is important stuff to know, and you won't know because your communications will be taken down. But if you have a sat phone, that's not going to happen. And this is why I've decided to go the sat phone route, and you should, too. To find out more about how this works and how inexpensive and how effective it is, Give them a call at 855-980-5830. That's 855-980-5830. Well, we're talking to Sam Arnold about uh, forces lining up for World War III. We've talked about Red Dawn, the South China Sea, the border, border between India and uh, China, uh, Russia's possible role in this. And Sam, I want to interject one other thing here. In the continuity of government program, and I talked at length today with Paul Preston on this from the New California Movement, and one of the things I know is true is those dams um, up there, they're set to flood the countryside if an advancing army comes. And what has uh, Biden done with HARP? He's initiated drought in the western states. And Oroville Dam went from overtopping to where they may not have another, enough water next week to spin the turbines for energy. And this is not an accident, folks. This was a defense measure, like if you had the Communist Chinese come out of British Columbia, where they have 250,000 soldiers, uh, this would be a primary defense to stop them, slow them down. And there are ADMs in these dams. The ADMs are still there, but the water is severely depleted. And Paul and I are looking at putting together a story. We're probably going to do a radio show on this. But this is a very serious breach of the continuity of government program for defense of the nation. Sam, did you know about this? Uh, I had not heard that. And it's very interesting because uh, I, I was uh, researching that strategy in other nations. But I had never heard that that was part of the continuity of government in our own nation. And, 
in, in another day, in another time, our government really thought about how to survive a, a uh, mortal blow. You know, the Civilian Conservation Corps, CCC camps that all have wells, the, the, the cataloging of all the springs in the nation. Those are things that the United States military and Corps of Engineers did. So that does not sound completely out in left field to me. It sounds like something very logical that another generation would have thought of. Yeah, well, it's also people don't want to believe that we have weather control uh, with Project Harp by simply moving the ionosphere. You can bring on a drought like what they've done in the western United States, and it has the simultaneous goal of uh, damaging crop yield by 75%. But, uh, folks, look up Air Force Owning the Weather 2025. I know a signatory on that document. And he made that document available to me before it was ever leaked to the public. And I published it on my website at thecommonsenshow.com. And that will tell you how the technology works. The um, patents are in the document. So you say, oh, my God, they got patents for changing the weather. Well, they not only have patents for that, they have patents to start earthquakes as well, too. So <laughs> Air Force you Owning the Weather 2025. Like yeah. I thought it was all the cows farting that caused all that. Yeah, well, that's, according that's to Biden. They, that's what they told my nephews in school. Well, Casio-Cortez, <laughs> yeah, that's her doctrine. And she came up with that right, in between right. doing lap dances in bars where she was also in wet t-shirt contests. And folks, that is true. Um, I wouldn't pay for that. Anyway, another story, another time. Um, so there's a commander-in-chief to the armed forces of Canada within the last 10 days. A lot of people don't know that. There's a few facts I want to throw out before we run okay. out of time. All right, yeah, we got about four minutes. You see, okay, Justin Trudeau is not in charge of the military in Canada. The person in charge is called the Governor General, who's the representative of the Queen, the Dragoness Queen Elizabeth, who's the actual head of the state of Canada. And guess what? They got a brand new Governor General. Her name's Mary Simon, and she's a Native American Eskimo. And uh, she's the new governor general. So uh, just in case anybody thought that Trudeau was just going to let the Chinese run the place, the new governor general is the commander in chief, not only of their land forces, but their naval forces, which are some of them in the South China Sea. You know, there's another thing that that naval strike missile can do, by the way. It fits in the F-35 bay. And the Marines have their variant that they can set up on a ship's deck, on a truck, on an island. But then the other thing that Trump did with it is he put them on our literal combat ships. That was a whole other weapon system. It was a boondoggle and it wasn't working. And you know that it's got a real light gun on the front, a 57 millimeter. And when it, the war games were done on the computers, you know, Rand Corporation and all that, the Chinese ships of equal size stomped our literal combat ships. Well, Trump wasn't going to have that. So he had them all outfitted with new weapons. One system is the vertical launch Hellfire. They got 24 cells of anti-tank missiles. And so any of these swarming boats, it'll just tear those to pieces from miles and miles away. They can launch those little bitty anti-tank missiles and tear up landing crafts tear up uh, swarming boats and torpedo boats and stuff like that. But he also gave that ship the ability to use the naval strike missile, which is 
a real anti-ship missile. It's a long range, a heavy missile that can damage, you know, aircraft carriers, uh, landing ships, cargo ships, anything like that. So that naval strike missile is on our littoral combat ships, which, by the way, just in the last few days, sailed in between the Philippine Islands to link up with our forces that were already practicing with Talisman Sabre 21 exercise on Australia's Queen's New Coast. Yes, I, I think we have put together a lot of dot connecting here uh, in this uh, really early morning interview that's going to air on the same day. But uh, there's more that will surface. There's no question. But I do believe we're preparing for Red Dawn. I agree with you. Uh, we are on two fronts in the Pacific, at least. South China Sea and the coast uh, off of India-Chinese border, where the Indians have 250,000 troops. And uh, the, things are so fluid right now. But, uh, Sam, our assertion that Biden is not in control of the military is true. He's not even allowed in the, uh, uh, in the Pentagon, and this is common knowledge now, and that's been true for months. Um, tell people how they can follow your good work. GospelGunslingers.com. I do teach from the Bible on our lost doctrines, American doctrines of self-defense and self-government. I have a verse of the day every day on Telegram, t.me slash GospelGunslingers. Please join us. I'm a one-man operation just watching my sector from the capital of the free world, Mexico City. And I understand that everybody doesn't do like me and watch old war movies and John Wayne and stuff like that. But please try to put yourself in the boots of our forefathers when the Bismarck sailed the Denmark Straits, when the battleship Tirpitz finally was sunk, when the Graf Spee went out to raid commerce in the Atlantic. Those events are lost to us, and sometimes the news just all blends together, but it's happening again in our lifetime, and I just ask everyone to watch. Well, that sounds fascinating. And I want to throw this out before we close. You mentioned briefly the countries are trying to get the communist Chinese out of the universities and there are other institutions. Um, what's interesting is, you know, I've been deeply involved in the Arizona Maricopa County audit, and I've drawn the ire of some people connected to the audit, and the ones who are truly interested in justice are giving me info. One of them was fired. Um, I want to just say this. Um, Communist Chinese were definitely involved in our election. Uh, Jack Sellers, who is uh, county supervisor, refuses to give up evidence court subpoenaed that would support the voter fraud. He, We have now discovered he has deep ties in business to the Communist Chinese, as does our governor. We're going to process of, of uh, we're going to navigate that and publish it. Hey, Sam, excellent stuff. We got to scoot. Thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate the update. Thank you, Dan.